Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I'm Gene Valisanti. This is 10 News Conference with the politics of flooding. Newport's shoreline got whacked. And with the ocean coming up under the beach pavilions and threatening a local water supply, too. Newport Mayor Saikam Zavoravong is first up from the city by the sea. Mayor, thanks for joining us. That ocean came right up and went under the pavilions over there on the beaches. Is that how it works? That's correct. Right through the bottom level of those pavilions, right across the roadway there. And like we saw in the storm in December, and we may be seeing again right up to the dam itself in certain events. And what's beyond that? Is that a local water supply? Is that threatened in your view? That is. That is one of the network of reservoirs that we rely on for our public drinking water down here on Aquidneck Island. Okay. Now, um, I understand those pavilions are designed so that the water goes under them, but this is something else, right? You need help down there. What do you need? I know you're going to tear down some of those pavilions. Just assess that area, and then we'll go to the fifth ward, the lower fifth ward. Go ahead, Mayor. Yeah, those, those structures have degraded to the point where they are no longer structurally sound to be using for current purposes. And so unfortunately, from a public safety perspective, they need to come down. The other risk, though, is that if we don't take them down in a controlled fashion, those structures could end up in the reservoir itself, like other structures on the beach had historically. And so we're focused on taking those down to protect public safety in the interim and making investments along the beach to ensure that we can continue protecting our public drinking water supply. Okay, ge geographically, just talk about the cliff walk. Did that take uh, any, er any more erosion? I know there's a stretch that's out of commission, or was that not a factor in this flooding? Now, after every storm event, we're doing a full inspection of all of our, our, our cliff walk, all of our offshore infrastructure we have, as well as our harbor itself. What's unique about Newport compared to some of my is that we're taking the full brunt of the Atlantic Ocean bashing into our coast. And so our low-lying neighborhoods are suffering flooding, just like those in other communities in Northern Ireland. But at the same time, our coastal portions of our town are taking an absolute pounding with each one of these storms. For a while, it was just the name storms that did a lot of damage. Now, it feels like these storms are happening every month. Okay, let's go to the Fifth Ward. That's all the way down Thames. I know where it is. After you pass all the shops and everything, you get into a real residential area uh, down there. What happened in that neck of the woods? Same thing, a lot of coastal flooding happening down there from both the tidal rise, but also the stormwater itself not having anywhere to go. It feels a little bit like we're treading water in a swimming pool and somebody's dumping garbage barrels of water on us, particularly in those neighborhoods. And so there's nowhere for the water itself to go. And unfortunately, there's a substantial amount of flooding for all the homes in that immediate area. Okay, so it sounds like you need millions, you need an infrastructure improvement and overhaul. So go ahead, outline it for us. This is a community that obviously people come to because of its historic character and charm, but we need to be making investments in order to make sure it continues to remain a viable place for Rhode Islanders to visit and live. That includes shore-based uh, resiliency infrastructure. Uh, we talked about some of the beach improvements that we need to make to, to buffer our public drinking water supply, a lot of seawalls through the downtown area, and some adaptation as to areas where maybe we need to do a controlled retreat in some fashion to ensure that the water actually has somewhere to go when we're having these big storms. In total, we're looking at a price tag that's gonna be big, likely well north of 150 million, wow. just to keep things the way that they are today. Right. And so we're looking very carefully at different sources of funding to accomplish that ends. I know you're talking to Sheldon Whitehouse, the senator lives in your community. I know you're talking to Jack Reed. Do you have any other financing ideas? Would you consider maybe a, a tax on meals or something to try to make up the difference? Are you going to go to Governor McKee and say, I need more money? What's your plan? And we'll hold it at that, Mayor. Go ahead. 
Absolutely. I am relentlessly pursuing any available opportunity for funding that I can. The entire city's administration has been very focused on this, as well as our city council. Federal funding, obviously, would be the ideal situation for us. But we need to be prepared for the fact that that federal money isn't necessarily going to come raining down. So we're looking at local options as well. What's not going to work here is continuing to raise taxes on our local taxpayers who make this place work on a day-to-day -day basis. Over 3.5 million people a year come through Newport. We have a resident population of only about 24,000 people. For years, they've been bearing the brunt of that cost and expense of maintaining this community. We need to figure out other ways to help pay for the expenses we have here in Newport. Mayor Sai, Camp Savorafong, thanks for joining us and good luck with the cleanup. And I know the, this weekend was going to bring a little more rain. Thanks, Mayor. All right, several spots flooded in Johnston. One of them is always in the news on Belfield Drive, where the mayor wants a fix once and for all a permanent one. Mayor Joe Policina Jr. is in with me this morning. Good morning, Mayor. Good morning, Gene. Uh, you had the Humvees out. Yes. Going through the, the knee-deep water. Start on Belfield Drive. How many houses are over there? Is it eight? It's eight houses that are affected. There are four that are flooded. There are four that are not flooded, but they're essentially trapped. Okay, now this is on the news time after time. Are we going to buy those people out once and for all and say you can't live here anymore? Yes, yeah, so we're in talks with the Northern Island Conservation District who spearheaded the project last time for buyouts of not just the four flooded homes, but all eight homes affected. Okay, so that's it. That'll be the permanent fix. Correct. Now, you tried this before, and all of the homeowners didn't take you up on the offer. What's going to be different, th different this time around? Um, I think that they realize this problem is worse than initially perceived, and I we're just going to talk to them calmly, rationally, tell them this is a problem. It's not only a problem for you, it's a problem for our public safety officials as yeah. well. And if they decline, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Okay. Well, if they decline, what, what more would you want other than to say you're on your own? Uh, uh, here's the offer. What? Yeah, so legally, um, we can't put them on their own. We can't okay. just say, you know, if you have a heart attack, there's no police and fire that's going to come. Um, I'm... I would not like to take their homes by eminent domain, okay. but that's not off the table. Right. That's always a taking, as always in the, in the offing. Now, talk about other areas in town. You had some other spots here and there. Is this an, arch, an overarching problem for you? Do you, just like Newport, need more money, more federal money, more state money? Do you need more money, or is it isolated in Johnston? No, we need more money. I mean, the flooding is becoming progressively worse, and it's the severity, the frequency of the storms. You know, before it would rain four inches in a couple of days. Now it rains four inches in 12 hours so we're gonna have to do some massive infrastructure improvements and you know, I've got a few ideas in my head on how to do that. Well share a few for me are you talking about overhauling your sewage system your, your wastewater runoff system are you talking about barriers are you talking about diverting creeks go ahead run the list. So it's gonna be a mix so uh, sewer pipes and water pipes are not connected they're two separate pipes we do have our sewer assessment fee but that will only go to our sewer issues jetting lines cleaning them things like that um, the idea that I have is we're going to ha we have data now because this has happened so frequently. We're going to bring in an engineering firm to do a townwide study of our high prone flooding areas. We're going to come up with several projects, however many they recommend. I think it's going to be a combination of infrastructure improvements, you know, larger pipes, diverting water, but also home buyouts. And I think the best thing to do is put it in the hands of the voters with a general obligation bond. So we have to be able to go to the voters and say, listen, we're going to spend you have two options. Option number one is we don't do anything. Yep. We won't get a direct property tax increase from that. We'll just close roads and try to band-aid this as it happens. Or option number two, 
here's your concrete number of an average yearly tax increase to float, you know, a $30 million bond. I'm just giving you a figure. Yeah. If you want us to do this right, we'll make the investment, but it's going to take a significant amount of funds to do so. Okay, and it's not like the town hasn't done anything. Your father was very active in yeah. that particular neighborhood and others. So you, you did get some funding in. You have spent some money. You just need more. Yeah, the problem's too widespread. I mean, even not going to Belfield Drive, we upgrade pipes and we reroute water and we do detention ponds all the time. But the problem now is so widespread. We had roads collapsing. We had roads flooding that we've never seen flood before. So it's a, it's a chronic problem and it's getting worse. All right. It used to be the politics of snow. Buddy Cianci used to talk about that. Now, with the, now it's the politics of water. That's right. The politics of flooding. That's right. And without getting into the debate of global warming and everything like that, I don't think you're concerning yourself with that. You're just concerned about the water is rising and you've got to fix it. Yeah, and I think, I mean, we're living it right now. I don't care what your politics are, whether you're conservative, liberal, we're living it. We have businesses that are closing because Atwood Avenue shut down. We have people that can't go to work. So when you, when you live it, it's a different feel. Well, speaking of that, what happened, you're stop and shop. You yes. couldn't get into that for a while, right? The street right in front, that's your busy street. Yes. That was blocked? Yeah, that's our main thoroughfare. So we've had chronic flooding problems with Atwood Avenue um, for over a decade now. The state doesn't seem interested in doing anything, so I'm not just going to sit by and say, oh, well, it's a state road, the state won't do anything, you know, too bad. We're taking it upon ourselves to put a plan together. We've been very fortunate. Senator Reid has worked very hard with us to secure $2 million of federal funding for that, and we have another $2 million in with the Rhode Island Infrastructure Bank. Okay, now you talked about that, what you just said, the state isn't interested in doing anything about that. The state is DOT Director Peter Alvidi, and the state is Governor McKee. Are you saying they're not listening to you? either individually, collectively, what are you saying? And then I'll have to go at some point and get their response to this. Yeah. Maybe Thursday on Ask the DOT. Yeah. But go ahead. I can't speak to them specifically, but our people have reached out to the state and they said that they don't have any specific plans right now for water improvements on Atwood Avenue. Okay. Uh, Mayor, thanks for coming in. Thank you, Gene. Good luck to you. I know you want a permanent fix at some point. Yes. All right. Mayor Joe Policina, Jr. Let's hear from the folks in Warwick and Cranston about the flooding. Now, other communities. Now you can see it's overwhelmed everything. It's inevitable. We live right next to the river, but it's just a little frustrating that just still there weren't any precautions or barriers set up or anything to help. I feel bad for them. Middle Street's a problem all the time when, it, when it's just heavy, heavy rain. Yeah. It really is. It floods out all the time. Well, Warwick had their problems, so did Cranston. Cranston, the lower Phoenix area, uh, that flooded out more so than anyone has seen before. Up next, let's go to a different part of the state. Westerly Town Manager Sean Lacey is in with me. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Welcome back. Politics are flooding. Farther down in the Musquamacut section of Westerly, Atlantic Avenue flooded over again, right on the waterfront. Westerly Town Manager Sean Lacey is checking in from that part of the state. Town Manager Lacey, thanks for coming on. Just give me the quick uh, the snapshot on Atlantic Avenue. You're still cleaning that up as we speak, correct? They're down there today cleaning it up, pumping water, and moving tens of thousands of yards of sand off the street. Um, we have a pathway through the entire Atlantic Avenue. We're trying to drain the water off now. Um, we have one lane passable in, in part of it, two lanes in others. Um, you know, we did this two weeks ago, as you know. Yeah. Same thing. Now, uh, you have hotels, restaurants, amusements there. That's kind of the heart of the action in Misquamacate. But is this to be expected because of the location, or can we do a better job at preventing it? What's your take? Well, I don't know if we can actually prevent it. If we get storms like this, it's very hard to prevent. We have dunes that we establish with seagrass in front of all the properties and businesses for the most part. But if you get back-to-back -back storms like this that erodes the dunes, and once the dunes are eroded, you get complete washover on the street. So is this something you just have to live with? And by the way, did the water from the Atlantic actually cross over and get the pond behind it? Did it go over that yeah. narrow strip? It did. Last storm on December 18th, it, it, it did not. It washed over into the street. This storm, because all the dunes were compromised, um, it actually washed right over into the pond in certain areas. All right, so realizing that you have to live with some of this just because of the geography and the storms we're getting, uh, what more do you want? Can you, can you do a better job at this? Can the state help you or the federal government? What is it you're looking for as you go forward? Well, we've looked at some dune restoration and beach restoration, in other words, to actually you know, pump sand offshore onto the, because that's really where most of the sand is offshore. Um, from some of these storms, pump it back onto the beach to reestablish the beach and dunes. It's never to come to fruition. It's it's a boatload of money, as you as you can imagine, yeah. and it would require the feds to come in and assist through the whole project. That's really other than that, you clean it up and you you do it each time it does it. I mean that's. <laughs> You put the sand back. Now, other parts of your community, by the way, there's water all over, the, all over the place in Westerly. You've got a river that goes all the way up to the downtown. You've got little pockets here. You've got ponds. You've got intercoastal things. Uh, where else did you see trouble this time around? And by, have you seen trouble in these particular spots before? Anything new? Yeah, no, I, we've seen them in these spots before. Back Superstorm Sandy's probably the last time we saw this type of impact in the beach from these last two storms. But Watch Hill, typical floods. It comes up the parking lot, the street floods up, and as soon as the tides to see, you know, subsides, it goes back out. Yep. And um, usually it's minimal, if any, damage. Um, and then the weaker pog end of things, usually it doesn't. Usually you get no water up to the low-lying areas where the beach is. You get some washover. And uh, so we've seen all this before. The river's high. Um, you get minor flooding. I mean, the, the thing with the second storm, we there wasn't much structural damage to properties. It was just water and sand yeah. because it was damaged from the storm on the 18th to some of the properties, um, but nothing much more extensive in this past storm other than the same sand we just took off the streets and back on the streets. And we got lucky with power outages. We thought there was going to be much worse with some of these we, wind gusts at 80, 90 miles an hour in the Newport Bridge at one point. That wasn't the case this time around. No, we didn't have any power outage in Musquamacut. So we have a pumping system for the drainage system in some of the streets, and uh, it never went offline the entire storm. All, All right. the businesses had their power. So I guess the lesson we're going to take away is if you want to live in Westerly, you want to live on the waterfront, you have to live with this from time to time. Is that it? you got to live with it and give us a little bit of time to clean it up, and we get it all back to the way it was. But uh, we have another event coming tonight. Let's hope it's... Uh, 
I'm not back on with you tomorrow or next week telling you we're cleaning up all the sand we just took off the street the last two days. Yeah, right. We're taping on a Friday. It's going to come in midnight Friday and then over the weekend Saturday. Yeah. All right, Sean Lacey, the town manager in Westerly, thanks for joining us. Good luck. See you at the Ocean Thank House. Thank you.